Good morning. I greet you in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of my faith. It is so good to be with you again this morning. And um, I'm just always love coming to this congregation, this sacred community. And you mean so much to our community, and it's just an honor to be here. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hey, didn't we hear something like that scripture last week? I know what you're thinking. So, uh, you know, the pandemic's been rough. I've uh, been having a hard time. So I'm just going to preach the same sermon that Reverend Ian did last week. <laughs> now, just kidding. We're going to look at it from a different perspective. But uh, I am Adrian Miller, the executive director of the Colorado Council of Churches. If you're not familiar with the Colorado Council of Churches, we are a uh, coming together of 13 Christian denominations. Our motto is walking together in faith, working together for justice. And the Presbytery of Denver is one of our covenanting uh, denominations, so you're part of our family. And the idea is that we get to know each other beyond our denominational silos, and then we build on that relationship to do social justice work, because we are stronger together than we are separately. Um, I know some of you have heard me preach before, but I just have to go through this. Um, For those who are not familiar, African Americans, when we step into the pulpit, we like positive reinforcement. So we're just going to go through this again. If I say something you like or you agree with, you can say amen, yeah, brother, preach that, you know, whatever, anything positive, right? Okay. If there's something you're unsure about, you can say, well, all right, just draw it out. (laughs) And then if you completely disagree with something I say, just say, help him, Lord. All right. So that's the, that's what we go through. Okay. So. This week, I want to talk about asking questions, and I want to look at this subject from a different perspective. I don't know about you, but I've been asking a lot of questions lately, and there are different kinds of questions that evoke certain answers. So there are questions that uh, evoke an answer that I expect, right? Like, for instance, can I get that in small bills? So the reason why that is a great question, and I'm going to love the answer no matter what, because I'm going to get some money no matter what, right? Either in large bills or small bills. But then there are also questions that can bring a disappointing answer, especially this question when you hear it uh, when I asked it in Colorado. Is your barbecue cooked over wood or propane gas? <laughs> and then there are questions which can go either way. Um, for me in my life, it's been, may I see you again? You know, you just never know how that question is going to play out. But then there are questions where I don't uh, expect an answer. And those have been recently the images from the James Webb telescope. Just looking at these early moments after creation, I've been wondering, you know, what does this mean? How does this unfold? Are we alone in the universe? But today, I feel like this exercise of asking questions is a lonely endeavor because it seems that so many people have ceased to ask questions of others because they believe that they know everything they need to know, and there's no reason to explore and try to understand other people. And so uh, I think about our own lives. You know, as kids, we ask a lot of questions, right? And we keep asking questions until adults get kind of um, irritated by our frequent asking or direct us in another direction. So I remember when I would ask a lot of questions as a kid, my dad would say, well, go look it up in the encyclopedia or go, go look it up in the dictionary. Meaning, hey, look, man, you're bothering me, so go do something else. But over time, there's a complacency that sets in when we're no longer asking provocative questions. And so I am inviting us to ask questions of others because we have a broken society, right? But we as Christians, 
We are called to be repairers of the breach. And the only way that I feel we can do that is to be active with our faith and to be witnesses and to engage others. Because our society is fractured on so many lines, class, political belief, race, the type of regional barbecue sauce you like, all of these things are weighing on us as a society. And we need to get back to asking questions and encouraging others to do so. And so, as a follower of Jesus, I look to the life of Jesus to give us examples of how to ask questions and maybe use conversation and dialogue to further our ministry. Many times Jesus gets asked questions and the response varies with the inspir- according to the spiritual intent of the person who is asking the question. I think about Luke 10, 25-37, and um, this is the situation where a lawyer trying to test Jesus asks him questions. And I can relate to this because I went to law school, I practiced law, Judge Briscoe McKenzie can relate to this as well. Practicing law was kind of soul-crushing for me. Um, It got to the point where in my office I was singing uh, spirituals. And you know it was rough because white people were joining in. And this didn't only just happen in the law firm, it also happened in state government. I worked with Cody Belzey, and one time uh, she was going through a really intense period, and I set the copy machine, and I said, hey, Cody, how's it going? And she just looked at me and saying, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Just kidding, I'm just kidding. You know, Cody, I just had to give you a shout out. You know that, right? right. So this lawyer comes to Jesus and, and asks, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus responded, what is written in the law? How do you read it? So Jesus is saying, test your own knowledge. Think about what you already know. And of course, the lawyer, being very educated and astute, says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And then he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But then the lawyer, justifying himself, said, well, who is my neighbor? And then instead of being annoyed, Jesus takes this opportunity to give one of the great parables. He answers with the parable of the, great, of the Good Samaritan. And this is how Jesus uses this as a teaching moment uh, in order to further uh, self-discovery and inquiry by the lawyer. So he's taking this moment, even though he knows the guy's trying to trap him, to say, I'm going to get you to reframe this and look at it in a different way. Another example is the wealthy young man who said, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? He said, says this in Matthew 19. And Jesus said, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. But then the rich man said, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You should not bear false witness. Honor your father father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man then said, all of these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. So what can we take from Jesus' examples here? One is to stay patiently in conversation. This person kept asking questions. Jesus kept answering, engaging, and it was the other person who left. So many times today, I see people who are not even willing to come into conversation with people, and if they hear something they don't like, they immediately leave. But no, we are asked to stay, to be in this conversation. 
And then the third example I will give is the story of the adulterous woman uh, in John 8. Now, I was very hesitant to do, uh, give this example because um, what about the dude who was committing adultery? Why isn't he in this situation? But the focus was on the woman in this case. And so uh, here we've got a number of men who are trying to trap Jesus again. And so early in the morning, he came to the temple area and all the people were coming to him and he sat down and began teaching them. Now the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in the act of adultery and after placing her in the center of the courtyard, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say then? And now they were saying this to test him and Jesus perceived it. And so uh, they were doing this so they might be able to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger he was writing in the ground as if he were not paying attention to them at all. I like to think that Jesus was wondering, should I answer this question or should I not? And I think about my own experience. Um, I had a girlfriend who once asked me, why do you keep talking about Halle Berry? And when asked that question, I had the good sense not to directly answer that question. And the reason why she asked me this is because when I'm on the speaking circuit and I talk about my life bio, I talk about the time when my second book on the President's Kitchen Cabinet, which was a historical biography of presidential chefs, got nominated for the NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Literary Nonfiction. And so the ceremony was in Hollywood, and it just so happened that Halle Berry was going to be one of the presenters. And so I felt like I could fulfill a lifelong goal. And... I can tell you the progress that I made on this goal. We were in the same building at the same time. (laughs) Now, yes, amen to that, yes. Now, actually, if you go back and look at footage from that ceremony, you will notice there's a moment when Halle Berry is presenting the award. She stumbles over her words. That was the exact moment when our eyes met, (laughs) even though I was sitting way up in the balcony. So So Jesus stoops on the ground again, and they persisted in asking him, and he straightened up and said to them, he who who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And now when they heard this, they began leaving one by one, beginning with the older ones, and he was left alone, and the woman where she was in the center of the courtyard. And straightening up, Jesus said to her, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on and do not sin any longer. And so Jesus is showing us that by staying in conversation and maybe changing perspectives, people can have a sense of accountability for not only their beliefs and their actions in a way that evokes self-discovery. But just like the rich man in the other story that I've shared, it was the others who walked away from Jesus in this conversation, not Jesus himself. So this gets us to this morning's scripture, and I would like you to think about it in another way. Often, when we hear the scripture, we're thinking about the transactional nature of it, right? Ask and you shall receive. As if, oh, if I just pray to God, I'm going to get the hookup, right? But I want you to focus on another part of of the scripture, which talks about knocking, and the door will be opened unto you. Beloved, what I am asking of you today to pray upon is with the people in your life, especially with those with whom you disagree, are you knocking on their door? Are you trying to ask them questions, find out their perspective? I invite you, if you're not doing that, to think more about opportunities to do that. Because again, as Christians, this is the work that we're called to do. And why is this very important? 
Because after that scripture, when we get to the uh, kind of the end of that section, Jesus says, in everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. So Jesus ends by talking about what we commonly call the golden rule. So this is about relationship. This is about connecting to others, hearing other stories. Don't you want to feel like you're understood, that people know where you're coming from? I invite you to do the same with others. As Christians, we are called to share what we know. And our mission is that everyone gets to know the gospel. And why do we do this? Because not everyone is religious. Not everyone is going to go to church. So the way that you treat others, the way that you interact with others, may be the most powerful sermon that anyone ever hears. That's why we do this. That's why we're calling the world to be repairers of the breach. Now, I have uh, an intense interest in racial reconciliation, and I frequently tell people, I don't know why, but God has given me the capacity to hear whack stuff from white people, to stay in that space out of love, and to have a conversation. I don't run away from that situation. I want to find out what people are thinking about. Now, I don't know how long that capacity is going to last, but while I have it, while I have the strength for it and the heart for it and the spirit for it, I'm going to consider that a ministry and stay in those spaces because I do want us to get to the point where we love one another. This is not easy stuff, but the scripture tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. These are challenging situations. There's a lot, you know, it's quite normal for you not to want to go into a situation where you might be the bad person or you may say something wrong that may offend someone. But again, if we have an open heart and God's love guiding us, we can engage in these spaces because what we're doing right now is not working. We have to start talking to one another and engaging. And remember, we are called to be God's light in the time of darkness, to be love in the time of hatred, And in short, we are called to be the church. So beloved, my prayer to you is that you will continue to ask questions of others and of yourselves, that you will be inviting and that you will stay hungry for reconciliation and that you will wait for the answers to unfold. Amen. Amen.